you for choosing iChurch Sermon Podcast. We invite you to get ready, get ready, get ready for what God has to say to you today. Now, let's go into this series again, and let's talk about the need of flipping the switch, okay? We're talking about flipping the switch, okay? Now, we started a series called Flip the Switch, and the series, and just to catch up with everybody, is about, comes on a revelation where I'm sitting in a doctor's office. When I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about all this power that's running through the, through the walls and through the cable, and if you hold on to it, you get electrocuted. But it's all held back by one simple itty-bitty switch. That's all that holds it back. So, so you're, you're in complete darkness until you flip that switch. But when you flip the switch, you're allowing all this power to come through. And God just gave me this revelation. He said, there's this, this, all this power that I have and I, I've given to you, but you don't access because you don't flip the switch. Now, I'm going to do a couple of things. And today I'm going to really run against time because i got so much to teach and such little time to teach. Um, let, me, let, me start, um, let me start by doing something here. Um, let me see if I can use this young man right here. Let me see if I can use this young man right here. I'm going to use you for a second. What's your name, big guy? Todd? How you doing, Todd? I'm Pastor Carlos, man. Nice to meet you. Hey, Todd, will you come up here with me for a minute? Come on, Todd. I want to use Todd. To those that are listening on the podcast or online, I'm bringing up Todd. Todd, how old are you? Nine. Nine, Todd. Todd, that's an awesome boots, dude. Look at that. You're a, I got a cowboy up here. All right. Now, listen, Todd, don't worry. Don't get nervous. I'm just asking simple questions that I know you can relate to and you could answer, right? So I'm going to ask you questions. What's your favorite cartoon? Um, Mad. What? Mad. Mad? Okay, Mad. Like Mad Libs? Yeah. All right, Mad. All right, cool. And what's your favorite superhero? Um, Nightwing. Who? Nightwing. Nightwing. Wow, I don't even know who that is, man. <laughs> I, I must be really, really old because I have no idea who that is. See, to me, it was Superman, Batman. I always had a problem with Robin and Batman because they always used their underwear outside their pants. That didn't make any sense to me. All right, but anyway, I'm not, we're not trying to teach that. I just need you to help me teach today. Now, I'm going to ask you some other questions, okay? I want you to tell me what's the most difficult thing about you being a parent. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. Tell me what's the, one of the biggest complications that you will encounter financially when you strive to bring up the, the, the family in a well-provided atmosphere. You don't know? Okay, tell me this. What do you think about the whole process of procreation and God allowing parents to have children and being able to bear them in their main responsibility? All right, all right, that's cool, dude, that's cool. Let's hear it for Todd. Come on, let's hear it for Todd. Thank you, Todd. Todd, you're helping me out. Hey, when Todd leaves, somebody give Todd a gift or something like that. All right, now here we go. Now, now, now watch this. Now, if I turn over and I'm asking Todd these questions, and to those that are listening online or, or, or you're in your car driving, you say, listen, I want you to understand something. When I ask these questions, it's going to hit your mind. And those that are here saying, Pastor, why are you asking Todd these questions? He's a little kid, he doesn't understand them. He can't relate to them. He cannot relate to them. He cannot, right? Because it's not in his system, right? It's not in the system. Now watch this, guys. If I go to a parent and you ask me what's one of the most difficult challenges as a parent, I have four kids, and I would say one of my most difficult challenges as a parent is making sure that my kids are able to focus and stay all goal-oriented and not deviate from those goals. Now if you stop for a second and say, Pastor, where are you going with? Same thing happens with God. 
Isaiah chapter 55, and I'm not going to put it on screen because I've put it before, and if you, you haven't read this portion, on Sunday mornings I teach, very, I, what I like to do is teach. Isaiah chapter 55 and 54 talk about God's greatness. And one of the things that it says in Isaiah chapter 55, it talks about God, and it says, God's thoughts are not like, he says, God says, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. God says, my thoughts are not like yours. God says, the way I think is not the same way you think. That's what God's saying. And now, now, and I want you to understand something. When we say that, we have a problem. Why? Because here's what happens. God doesn't think like us, but we pretend God to think like us. See, to you guys, we, when we think about God, when you think about God, you think, well, there's God in heaven, and he's probably thinking about this, or he's probably thinking about this. Well, no, actually, he's not thinking about anything. What do you mean he's not thinking about anything? What are, you, what are you trying to say? God ain't thinking? No, God doesn't think. Pastor, but that's impossible. What are you saying? That's, that's a blasphemy in Scripture. No, God, see, God doesn't think, because if you think about what thinking really is, God doesn't have to think. He knows it all. Why would somebody that knows it all think? And you say, well, Pastor, that doesn't make any sense. Well, look, when I spoke to, to Todd a minute ago and I asked him about parenting, he was clueless on parenting, so he thought about it. And he, it's funny because the last question, he kind of, he was going to aim for, he was going to guess it, I think. And before, he, before you guys laughed at him, I pulled him off stage, but he was like, mm, ah. Uh, I said, it's all right, Todd, it's all right. Because he was trying, I mean, he's, even when I asked but even when I asked him, he thought about them, but he couldn't provide the answer because, and that's what we do. You know, I, I'm going to bore you for a couple of seconds. I'm a philosophy major before I, was in, in, um, before I went to study Bible. I was a philosophy major, and I was actually almost an atheist, or agnostic, better said, and I had difficulty with God. Oh, you religious people talking about God, 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 God. There ain't no God. If God, if you can't touch him, if you can't, he's not real. So I had difficulty in my faith because I was a philosophy major. And all my thoughts were Socrates, Platon. I mean, you could go on, Christian Murti. I could go on to Peresia. I could talk about all these philosophers. Philosophers and their mindset and their thinking to me made a lot. I was like, man, this guy's smart. One of the best educational systems that I think has been ever in invented to this day after Jesus Christ, obviously, would be Christian Murthy. If you haven't read him, you should read what this guy thinks about education. It's incredible. But I had all these thoughts in my mind. But philosophy has something about thinking, and it's called dualism. Dualism comes from creation, and, 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 and not creation, creating, it's a philosopher. And dualism is this. I'm, now, some of you are like, oh, I lost him five minutes ago. Watch this. Dualism is really easy, guys. In philosophy, dualism is nothing else than saying the mind and the body. That's what it is. See, we don't believe in dualism. We believe in, uh, 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 in three, body, soul, and spirit. Now, in philosophy, they don't believe in the spirit, so they'll say mind, which is soul, and they'll say body in philosophy. So when you come to philosophy who are the big thinkers, and they think, this is what they say. They say, to think is to be dual. My mind says one thing, and my body responds to my mind. So far I thought, so far it is is. If I cannot think it, then it will never be. That's what it's establishing. Now, if I lost you for a second, let me show you what it, let me, let me put this on screen for you, okay? Let me put this on screen up here for you so you can take a look at it. It's called critical thinking. All thinking is critical thinking. 
to a philosopher or agnostic or an atheist, they say Christianity does not do critical thinking because if you did critical thinking, but this is, what, this is how they define critical thinking. Critical thinking is ideas reasoned. Here, famous statue by a Frenchman who was also a philosopher in the Renaissance age. And you guys have seen that statue many times. It's the guy doing this, right? It's the guy thinking. He's thinking. He's naked for a purpose. The reason he's naked is because he's trying to portray that man dismantles himself in the thinking process. He dismantles. He's naked. He, he dismantles himself in the thinking process. I got to think. I got to think this through. And what is to think? It's, to, it's ideas that are reasoned. It's to critique. It's to discover or to know. So when somebody is thinking, and I still believe this, when somebody is thinking, you are reasoning. You are trying to figure something out. You're thinking. You're trying to read. It, Pastor, but how about when I'm missing somebody? And I say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Well, you're reasoning about that person because that person's not here. You want to know what that person is doing. You want to know how they are. So you're trying to analyze. You're trying to discover. You're trying to know. Here's the problem. God would never think because God is never trying to discover. He knows it all. God is never trying to know because He knows it all. God is never analyzing. See, God doesn't sit in heaven and go, I wonder what I'll do today. And he doesn't do that. God doesn't sit in heaven and say, let's find out. I wonder how Josue is doing. Let me. God never wakes up and says, wow, look at what I discovered. He never does that. He never does that. And I, and I want to prove something to you guys. Theologically, it's going to blow your mind away. In the book of Hebrew, chapter 4, verse 13, I want you to see what it says. It says, nothing, this is talking about God, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. What is hidden from God's sight? Nothing. Look at the person next to you. Pat him on the back and say, nothing. Chris, prendeme la luz un poco más, please. Pump it up a little more. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Nothing, all right? Okay, so, so when you patted the person on the back, their reaction could have been, don't, don't touch my back. Or, or, or their reaction could have been just fooling around, tapping you. But think about this guy. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. The Bible says everything is uncovered. Look at this. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who we must give account to. The Bible is saying that God sees it all. Now, I love drawing, and it's a shame for those that get it online because you can't see this drawing. Maybe soon you will be able to. But when we talk about God, what we're saying is that God sees. Uh, let's draw you. Here we go. There's you. All right? And then... I want you to know that this Bible verse in Hebrew says that God sees. He sees it all. So if he sees it all, he sees before you, he sees around you, and he sees in the future. God sees it all. There's nothing God doesn't see. Now, I want to show you another verse. Now, God doesn't just see, but Psalm chapter 147 verse 4 in the Old Testament, that's New Testament, Hebrew Old Testament, it says, He determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Now, He doesn't just see, but the Bible says that He understands. Understands, okay? So God doesn't just see, but He understands. God sees it all, and God it's one thing to see and one thing to understand. Yesterday, I'm driving home from, from where was I? Uh, 
Oh, I was at the kids' activity, and we're driving home, and we, we're going down this road right here. And when we're going down the road, it's pretty cool because um, we saw this lady come out of her house. And she came out of her house, and she's literally, I mean, we're driving by, and the lady comes out, and the lady starts going. And then my, one of my daughters says, look, the lady's dancing. And my other daughter says, no, it's bees that are, that are stinging her. And I said, no, she just might be crazy. Nobody knew what was happening, but the lady was going at it, right? So we slowed down, and eventually she calmed down, so I kept on going. Here's another one. I'm going to show you something else. Here's my daughter. Uh, a couple of months, a uh, month ago, we're at my, a couple of weeks ago, we're at my son's birthday, and we're all together, and we're playing charades. And we would give you a portion of the Bible, and you'd have to act it out. So here's my daughter, Sarah, and they're doing the scene of Goliath, where David takes the rock and knocks, he knocks him down, then goes and chops his head and raises it. So my daughter is David. And she comes out and she does this. She's doing the scene and they got the music on. And she grabs and she goes, she starts doing like this. My daughter starts going. She starts doing like this. And it was a really cool scene. Everybody was paying attention. She's going like this. And all of a sudden she goes. <laughs> and we all caught on to it to know that they didn't see it. She's, she's waving her hand like she's going to throw the sling. And all of a sudden she goes, so I start cracking up. My oldest son, Josue, he starts cracking up. And then we go up to her and say, what was that? And she says, well, I started waving my hand, thinking about David throwing the rock with a sling. And I thought, well, wait a minute. Some movies show that he pulled actually back on us. I don't, I don't know what sling he had, Dad. So I just thought it'd be better to do both. That's reasoning in her brain. See, she has a lack of what? Of having seen it and having understood it. Because she doesn't see it, because she didn't see it, because she doesn't understand it, she has limitations, so she has to think it. But the Bible says that God doesn't just see it all. It says He understands everything. He has no limits. Here we go. Boom, 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 boom. Everywhere God understands. So, Pastor, what are you saying? God understands everything around you. He doesn't have to think. He knows it is. Now watch this, Psalm 139.1. I promise I have a point with this. I'm just teaching you, Psalm 139.1. Look at this. He says, you have searched, this David speaking, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. And you what? Know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You know my thoughts. Then he goes on. You know when I'm going out. You know when I'm lying down. And in verse 4, he says, you know, I love this. Before a word is on my tongue. Look at this. God says, before a word is on your tongue, I know what you're going to say. I know you completely. God says, I know you. God is saying, I know. i seen before. i seen after. I understand before. I understand after. And I know you. Pastor, what are you saying? Man, listen, you're sitting here. Check this out, guys. When you wake up in the morning, God knows you. The all-sovereign God knows you by name. There are thousands, billions of people, and God looks at you, and God says, I know you. I know when you're going to go. You know when it's, some of you are go to sleep early and some of you go to sleep late. Like me, I like going to sleep earlier. My wife likes going to sleep later. I like waking up earlier. She likes waking up later. My God knows that. My wife and I had a debate the other day. I'm going to share a debate. It's a personal thing, but we had a debate. I went to bed at night and I didn't tell her I was going to share this, but I'm going to share it. And actually, I, I, if I had my cell phone, I could prove it to you guys, but I'm not going to put it up. But um, 
We went to bed, and my wife turns over, and, and she turns to me, and we're sleeping, and we're about to go to sleep, and she says, and what we do is, as soon as we go to sleep, what I do is I grab the blanket, I grab the blanket, we, we sleep on a king-size bed, so I, I grab the blanket, and I, 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 I push, pull it a little tight towards me. Pastor, why do you do that? Couples understand where I'm going with this. And then, and then it, see, if, if you've never, um, it, yeah, I, 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 just, just a little bit, a little bit. Well, I'm gaining ter- territory because she is going to pull for her side. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm taking, I'm paying chess. I'm like, baby, I got this before you even go to sleep. You know, so I'm pushing a little bit. And then she stops. She goes, she pushes. What are you doing? I said, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing a little bit of blanket. She says, no, see, that, that's what you do. You grab all the blanket, and then, you know, at night I'm sleeping here, and I have no blanket. I said, no, honey, wait, excuse me. She says, no, 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 it happens every night. It always happens. I, you always got the blanket. I, I, I turned to her, and see, and we, we always pray before going to sleep. That's what keeps marriages together. We pray before, I mean, we literally hold hands and pray before going to sleep. Now, and why is that important? Because if you're arguing, you got to pray. That's, that's, that's hard right there. So I turned to her, and I said, no, that's, what do you, what do you, what do you, that's not true what you're saying. She says, yes, it is true. You grab the blanket. I said, no, honey, see, you, you sleep, and you start doing this while you're sleeping. You start going, Whoo. I sleep on this side. And she goes, Whoo. I said, you start throwing the blanket off. And she says, no, I don't. You take the blanket. I said, okay, well, you know what? Just leave it here. It's all right. Grab as much as you want. Let's pray. So we prayed, went to sleep. <laughs> Thank God for iPhones. Four o'clock in the morning, I woke up because my back is freezing. Grabbed the phone, and I took a picture. This is what our bed looked like. Let me show you what our bed looked like. Now, this wasn't part of the sermon. I'm going to give you guys an illustration of what our bed looked like. This is our bed. This is my itty-bitty wife. And this is me. These are my muscles. Now, I'm in bed. She has grabbed the blanket, guys. She has grabbed the blanket. And now the blanket literally does this. I got one butt cheek in the air. I got the other one with a blanket. Half of my body is freezing. And so I get out of bed. Right here is the blanket, guys. Right here. All my side of bed. So I get out. And when I come over, check this out, guys. All my half is dragging on the floor next to her. So I took a picture of it. And I showed her. And I said, honey... You, you, and I sit, I sat, when we're sitting down the next day, I, I go to her, I say, I say, hey, remember that issue, that debate we had that you said that I steal the blanket? She says, yes, you do. You always steal the blanket. And I said, no, see, you don't know me. I took a picture. She said, you did not take a picture while I was sleeping. I said, I took a picture. I got evidence. I still have it. I'm keeping it on my cell phone as evidence. And I showed her, and she said, oh, oh. She said, how do I know you didn't set that picture up just to take it, and you didn't, you didn't make the whole scene up? She won't lose. But where am I going with this? Pastor, where are you going with this? Where are you? I know what she's going to do when we go to sleep. She's going to grab the blanket and pull it. But listen, there might be a day she doesn't do that. But, Pastor, where are you going with this? God knows that. You're like, that doesn't minister to me. What, what, what's the deal? Oh, man, that should minister to you more than anything I teach today. God knows she's going to do that. You're like, Pastor, what, what, what are you crazy? Why is that minister to me? If God knows that small detail, you shouldn't worry about anything. He knows you. He knows you. He knows you. He knows you.
knows what you're going to do. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He knows it. He knows who you are today. He knows what goes through your mind. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you're thinking twice about. He knows you. But not just that, but this one even ministers more to me. Jeremiah 1, 4, 4 5. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I, what? Knew you. Think about it. This should freak you out. He doesn't just see everything and understand everything. He knows you. He knows what you're going to do. And he's saying, before I put you in the womb of your mom, before you were born, he's saying, I knew you also. God is saying, dude, he's saying, I know everything. He's saying, I know what your weaknesses are. I know what your strengths are. I know. Listen, God knows where you constantly fail in sin. God knows where I mess up. And I love Henry Blackaby in the book, My Experience with God. He says, he writes and he says, he says, God speaks through circumstances. But he says this, he says, but your circumstance is determined by your situation. And I love this because he says, your situation is nothing else than, your bad situations are nothing else than the evidence of, your, of the fiber of your sin that you can't control. And that freaked me out the first time I said, I could control any sin. There's sins that I have difficulty with. Now, some of you are already religious. You're thinking, no, that's not true, Pastor. Once I came to Jesus Christ, I conquer all sin. <laughs> I, you, I don't. There are, there are sins that I struggle with. And I know which they are. And you know which are yours. God knows where I struggle. God knows where I struggle. I'm going to start a series next month called Sex Not Gray. And it's going to fill up the house. I'm giving you advice on that now. And some of you will feel offended that why is the church speaking about sex on Sunday morning? I have a better question. Why is the church not speaking about sex on Sunday morning? Because we have fornication, adultery, broken marriages. We have couples and young people dating out of godly will and everything. Because the church won't speak about sex on Sunday morning. We have 50 shades of gray now <laughs> when it should be black and white. So what I'm saying is that there's a need to identify, guys, we are struggling, my people. We are struggling with sin constantly. And God knows where you struggle. He knows it. He knows where, where you're failing. But what I love about this verse most is this. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And look what he says. Look what he says to Jeremiah. He says, I what? Appointed you. I, he says, he says I, I, I designated you for something. That's what he's saying. He's saying, God's saying, I designated you. And you're saying, yeah, but he's talking to Jeremiah as a prophet. No, no, listen. When he says, I designated you, I appointed you, he's saying, I know you. I see all the situation that surrounds you. I see what your mom has done. I see what your dad has done. I've seen what porn has done. I've seen what drugs have done. I have seen it. He's saying, I have seen it. I have seen where you don't have money. I have seen where your kids are broken. I have seen where your marriage is struggling. He's saying, I have seen it all before it even happens, God says. And God says, and I knew you. And actually, I understand why it's happening. <laughs> God says, I understand. That's just marvelous. God's saying, I understand why it's happening. And I still appointed you. He says, and I still appointed you even though I knew it all. Look at this verse. John 15, 16. You did not choose me. 
watch. I'm going to freak you out. I'm going to flip your mind. All theologians in here, I'm going to flip your mind on predestination. Watch this. You did not choose me, but I chose who? God is saying, when you look at the equation of life, God is saying, this already was. God is saying, I knew your mom, I knew your dad, I knew you were going to be raped, I knew you were going to be abandoned, I knew you were going to strive financially, I knew you were going to get hurt by that girl, I knew you were going to get hooked up on this, I knew you were going to have marriage problems, I knew you were going to struggle with your kids, I knew it, but God says, I looked before mankind in heaven and I chose you to be there. God says, I chose you to be there. Now, some of you are struggling with that. God's saying, I appointed you. Why did God appoint us there? Because he had a purpose. Look at this, look at this phrase, and you could jot it down and use it later. There's a phrase that I came up with that, that I really believe. Your purpose in life is equivalent to your appointing. Tell me where God has appointed you, and that is your purpose in life. Your purpose in life is equivalent to your appointing. God appoints everybody to something, everybody to something. Look at this one. I love this one. Your current situation, hey, hey, what are you struggling with? What are you going through? Well, I'm working with this marriage. Or, or I'm, I'm getting ready to do this. Or I'm going off to college. Or, or I'm trying to find ministry. Or, 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 or I'm looking for this. Or I feel sad. Or somebody wrote, your current situation plus you equals an opportunity for your anointing, for your purpose. Look at your current situation, and when you look at your situation, I'm struggling with my team, my team. I'm struggling at work because your current situation plus you is the opportunity for your appointing, for your purpose in life. That's what it is. It's nothing more. It's nothing less. Pastor, what are you saying? Here, this is why I'm teaching you all this. I'm teaching you all this because I have a struggle. What's your struggle? Why in earth would, and I'm confronting you and I'm challenging you today, and you're not going to like me right now. Why in earth, why would he send or give you something you could not handle? Pastor, I'm struggling with this. Why would the all-sovereign, great God that knows and has seen before and has seen after and understood before and understood after and knows the situation and knows what you're going to do and what you're... Why would he appoint you to something without equipping you to do it? That's ridiculous. Why would God do that? Pastor, what are you saying? Your current situation and what you have right now is there because you were appointed to it. Pastor, I have a mentally retarded child. Only you could do that. I don't have it because I wouldn't be able, but you are able. Pastor, I have this situation in my marriage, and, and, I, and we're great. We love each other, but there's this one situation where we struggle with financially. Listen, only you are appointed because God is sovereign. And if you say, I can't deal with this, I can't hack it, I can't go with this, you're saying that God does not know, that God does not see, that God does not understand. Is that what you're saying? Are you saying that God made a mistake? I lost my husband, I lost my wife, I lost my son, I lost my... I can't deal with this. So you're saying that God made a mistake when he appointed you? Dude, my sister, my brother, you're pretty daring. I don't know if I could leave this job. I don't know if I could retire. I don't know if I could do... Are you saying God made a mistake? No, that's not what I'm saying. Yes, it is. You're just too Christian to admit it. 
you're too Christianized to admit it. But when you start doubting your capability in your current situation, what you're really saying is, God, you made a mistake. You gave me the wrong wife. You gave me the wrong husband. You gave me the wrong kids. You gave, God, you, 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 you just you messed up. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he knows. See, if God knew it, why in the world would God send you somewhere and you can't do it? Pastor, if that's true, why do I fail? Why do I fail? Why do I feel I can't make it sometimes? Why? Ah, I got that one. I got that one right here. Jessica, where's Jessica? Jessica, come over here. Help me out. I'm going to show you why you fail so much. I'm going to show you real quick. I'm going to show you right here. I'm going to turn on the light bulb, and I'm going to show you how, how you fail constantly, okay? Now, I need a volunteer for this. Will you come up here with me? Come on. Come up here. Yeah, yeah, come on. I need a bright young man. Man, your, your, your pants and my jacket would be an awesome match from Miami Vice, all right? All right, come over here now. I want you to do something with me. Thank you for helping me out. I want you to do something for me here. Now, I'm going to give you this bulb, all right? I'm going to ask you to screw it in there and flip the switch once it's screwed on, okay? Now, the purpose of that bulb is to bring light, right? That's the purpose of a bulb. Voila. You guys are all looking at me like, what? What? What's the big deal? Voila. He grabbed the bulb that has a purpose, and he put it on, and as he flipped the switch, it turned on. It fulfilled its purpose. Now, I'm going to flip it off. It's a little warm, so I want you to be careful. Here, let me grab you something here. Let us use this. See if you can, can you do that? You got it? All right, hardcore. You've been trained well by your parents. I have not been well trained here. Now, I want you to grab that second bulb. I want you to put it in there. And once you put that bulb in there, we're going to try it again. I put a second bulb inside the lamp. Now he's screwing it on. No go, right? Now, it's not turning on. Now, I'm going to take it out. Whoop. Whoop. And as I take it out, I want you to tell me, why do you think it's not working? There's nothing in the bottom, and there's actually nothing in it. All right, thanks. Pastor, where are you going with this? The only reason you fail in life is because you don't have what you're supposed to have inside of you. When you have what you're supposed to have inside of you, you will work. Now, some of us have it. We just don't use it. We don't flip the switch. Some of us don't have it. So if you're here and you don't have the right stuff, watch. Hey, hey, in here, you have no power to succeed in your situation. You have no power to be successful at business, to be successful at marriage, to be successful, to overcome. You have no power because you don't have what you need inside. But if you have it, then it works. Pastor, is that biblical? Yeah, I can prove it to you. Watch. Book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. It says, but you will receive the what? 
the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and on all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Listen, guys, listen, listen. The Bible is saying in this portion, you will receive what you need inside and it will give you power. It will give you the power. And what is it, Pastor? It is the Holy Spirit. The Bible saying that if you want to overcome in your situation here on earth, you will be empowered. Pastor, what are you saying? I am saying that when God put you on this earth, he knew you would encounter this. He saw it beforehand. He understood you'd go through hell and high water. And knowing that, he understood that from mankind, from Adam and Eve, we constantly had failure because we weren't making it. And then he looked at mankind. God looked at you when you're going through a when you're going through sorrow, when you're going through tough situations, when you're going through things you don't understand, God looked at you and he said, I am going to empower you with the Holy Spirit. God said, I'm going to send down to earth my presence, my power. I am going to anoint you. God was saying, I'm going to send the peace of me. He's going to send the peace of God and he's going to put it deep down inside of you so you can overcome anything. Pastor, what are you saying? I don't care what your situation is. I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know what you go through every week, but I am telling you that God said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to give you the power to be able to do things you never imagined you could do, no matter what your circumstance is. God would never send you to do something unless he equipped you to do it. Are you listening? God would never send you to do something unless he equipped you. I don't know if I could deal with this situation. Yes, you can. God equipped you. Pastor, I don't know if I could do it. If you have given your life to Jesus Christ as your Savior and you had said, Jesus Christ, save me, man. I need you, Jesus. If you said that, Ephesians 1.13 says that the Holy Spirit came and he sealed you and he's inside of you and you need to constantly run back to him and say, God, I need you in this situation because you will give me the power. Pastor, I don't feel I'm worthy. I don't feel I'm worthy either. Pastor, I don't know if I'm smart enough. I don't think I'm smart enough. Pastor, I don't know if I got the skills. I don't have the skills, but you know what I do have? I have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me, and all I need to do is learn to flip the switch to release the power of God. That's all I need to learn to do. And here's the whole thing. Pastor, so what are you saying? I am saying that you need to do like, like David did. David knew this principle. You know what? I'm going to go old school here. I'm going to grab the Bible. I'm going to open up. I'm going to go to Psalm 121 because if I did that one, what I have on screen would not do justice to what I'm about to say. But look how powerful Psalm 121. It's a beautiful psalm. This is David calling out. He says, God, because he knows he can. He says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He says, I feel I'm not worthy. I feel I can't deal with this. I feel I don't understand. I feel I can't see. I feel I don't know why. My dad, my drugs, the kids. I don't know why my marriage, my money, porn. I don't know what my mom. I don't know why this is all like this. So what I do is I go to the Lord, the maker of heavens and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not let you slumber. God's saying, man, you will never fail. God's saying, my brother, my sister, you will never fail. You will succeed. You're not going to fail. Indeed, he who watches you over Israel, he, he will never 
sleep. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. See, he's God. He doesn't take time out. He doesn't sit down and relax. He is God. He's got control of everything. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your night. I'm speaking to you because you came in to hear the word of God and you've been needing this. So pay attention. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. When you feel you're alone, when you feel you might fail, when you feel you can't succeed, he is the sun. He will not harm you during the day, nor the moon will harm you during the night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going. He will watch it over everything for now and forevermore. Pastor, what are you saying? I am saying that you were called by God to do great things. And the only way you could do them is, number one, say, yes, I am weak. Yes, I am garbage. Yes, I am not able. Come on. Come on, people. Come on. Think about it. Be sincere with me. Yes, I think I can't deal with this. Yes, come on. I'm speaking to you. I'm pastor, but you seem very charismatic. More than charismatic, my heart's on fire and passion because there are so many people sitting in this room listening to me right now, and you feel so many times that you're not capable of, and I am telling you, yes, you are not capable of. I am telling you ahead of time, this was your life. It is empty. It had nothing but when you came to Jesus Christ this is what happens God doesn't just fill it up inside what God does is God allows you to shatter and break and he builds a brand new you and when God builds a brand new you when you break it before God he builds a brand new you and he equips you with what you need so you can walk confident saying I am not able but I have an ever living loving God powerful Jesus who has given me the power of the Holy Spirit to do above and beyond measures that I can ever do. He is God. He is my God. So here's the question. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here's the question then. Pastor, so you saying I'm not going to struggle? No. Pastor, you saying I'm not going to doubt? No. I'm just telling you, you could go to Judea and Jerusalem. You could do great things. Listen. Hey, 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 hey. I don't care what you did in the past. I'm telling you tomorrow you could do great things in Jesus Christ when you have the power of the Holy Spirit and you embrace it because then you'll be anointed by him and you'll be protected you'll be chosen but you'll also now be equipped to do pastor I don't my son's gonna preach the 402 service listen son you are equipped to preach that sermon God had the, you're not able but God equipped you through the power run into the Holy Spirit but dad what if I feel my foes and what if I feel that my my past and what if I feel that things arise against me what if I feel that I can't hold ground what if I feel that I fear? What if I feel that, 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 that the storm is hitting me? What if I feel? Then you say, oh, my God, you will not delay my refuge and my strength. You are always. See, when we sing this song, there's two ways of singing it. Here's the first way you sing this song. You sit down and you're doing nothing with life. Just, just, just complaining. Ah, oh, things are rough. Games are tough. Well, God will not delay. He will come. God, you will come. You will not delay. Here, put that chorus on for me up there on the screen. Put it on the screen. Oh, put it on both screens, okay? Oh, my God. He will not delay my refuge and my strength. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow. Oh, shut up for a second. Shut up. Pastor, you upset? Yes, I'm upset because you're sitting down, believing in God's promises, doing nothing. Why would God help somebody to do something when the person is doing nothing? That's good right there. Why would God help you do something if you hey, stop, stop, everybody stop. What's the big thing you're working on right now? What big problem? 
project are you working on? What's, what's bigger than you? See, because if it's something you can do, if it's something you could do, you don't need God. Tell me what's big. I've decided to live righteous for God. I've decided to have a ministry. I've decided to be used by God. I've decided I have a project that's bigger than me. Tell me what your big project is. Come on. Tell me what your big project is. When you have that big project, then you could say, Oh my God, you will not delay. My refuge and my strength always. I will not fear. His promises is true. My God will come through always. He's gonna come. He's gonna empower me. He's gonna let me conquer all my situations because He is my God. But the first thing you gotta do is be humble. Let yourself break and say, God, I am not sufficient, but I have and I want the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to flip the switch and I want to believe that you will come always. Will you please, please bow your heads and close your eyes for a second. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to understand something. Everybody with your eyes closed, come on. Just give me a second, man. I'm going to let you go home. Man. Pastor, you done that quick? Yep, I'm done. If you would like to learn more about iChurch OKA Ministries, please visit our website at www.ichurchoka.com.